In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, what I'm about to describe for you, uh, none of you have any experience in, uh, but maybe you can bear with me. Uh, I want to talk this morning about all of the ways you can tell that you're getting older. Uh, there, there, are, there are a lot of them, a lot of ways you can tell you're getting up there in age. Uh, first, there are the painful ways. Uh, I've been experiencing this lately. My back aches every morning when I get up. Uh, but there are more. There are more ways. Uh, maybe your joints creak uh, when the, the weather is humid or it's going to rain. Maybe the pounds don't melt off as easily as they once did. Uh, but there are other ways, too, to know you're getting older. There are things that only come with age, gifts that only come through time. There is the wisdom you have, uh, an understanding and knowledge that you have of, of the way the world works when you're 62 rather than 22. Uh, there are, uh, uh, there's a change in values that happens. Uh, the things that were valuable to you in your 20s, like maybe a night out on the town into the wee hours of the morning, you just don't value that as much anymore uh, the older you get. There are lots of ways to tell you're getting older. I, I can remember one of the ways that I, I began to realize that maybe my parents were getting older and they're not here today, so this is perfect. Uh, they, they pop in every once in a while and it makes me nervous. Uh, uh, but I, I remember I, I could tell they were getting older because every once in a while, maybe uh, Tiffany and I or my brothers and I would recommend a restaurant to them, uh, someplace we were excited about, uh, someplace we thought was really good, and we'd tell them to go there tell them how wonderful it was and uh, they would go and they would report back to us and I would be so excited to hear how it went and ask them what they think and, and the reaction wouldn't be quite what I thought it was. They would say, well, the, the food was good, uh, the service was great, but I don't think we'll be going back. It was just too loud, they would say. It's so loud. You can't hear the other person talking. You can barely hear yourself think. There's all these conversations, all, all of these voices, all this loud music blaring in the background. And I'm thinking, that's what makes it fun. That's like the whole experience. And they didn't seem to get that. Uh, it was just too loud for them. It was so overwhelming. Now, maybe I'm getting old because every once in a while I think something similar. I think uh, you can't even have a conversation. All of this noise, uh, a, a restaurant like that can be overwhelming. And I, I guess as I thought about it this week, I, I feel like that's the world we live in today. Uh, we live in a very loud and noisy world. There are so many voices coming into our ears, so much talk and conversation going around, so much information being thrown our way. I, I heard a, a term this week I'd never heard before, maybe you have, it's called infobesity. Uh, it, it was in this article that was saying that we are all infobese. That means we have all been on the receiving end of so much information through our TVs and our phones and our laptops and Google and Facebook and Twitter and we're, we're just being told all of these things all of the, the time and, and, and there's a lot that's good about that, that we have so, such easy access to so much information. But there are problems too, right? In, in a world where, where there's so much noise, so much going on, we, we often don't know which conversation to take part in or which voice to listen to, which one to trust. And, and so we get stuck. We don't know when it comes to the news. Do we listen to CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or what everyone's saying on Twitter when it uh, when it comes to our health, do we listen to doctor number one, doctor number two, or WebMD and everything that Google says when we type in our conditions? When it comes to our finances, do we listen to the financial planner that we're paying who is telling us to buy, 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 or do we listen to all the gurus on cable networks that are telling us to sell, sell, sell? We, we live in a loud and noisy world with so many voices, so many conversations, so much information coming at us, it's, it's hard to know 
to know who to listen to. We live in a noisy world. It's kind of like at a restaurant. There's not very much you can do about it either, right? When, when you go out to eat and, and the atmosphere is loud, I suppose you could try telling the, the waiter or the waitress to turn down the volume on the music, but they probably won't. It's what adds to their vibe and the atmosphere they're trying to create. You, you could politely ask the people next to you to keep their voices down or even stand up and wave and, and tell everyone to please use your indoor voices uh, but I, I think you'll just get some funny looks. There's not too much you can do about it except, except to focus, uh, to, to, to look at the person you're talking to, to, to watch their, their mouth move, to listen to what they have to say. You, you can't try to carry on that conversation while trying to listen to the music and overhear the people on your left and eavesdrop to the people on your right. It, it just doesn't work that way. You, you need to focus and listen with intention and purpose. I believe that that's what God is asking us to do in this transfiguration story, to listen with intention and focus. Uh, the transfiguration story, as, as we've already heard it, and I've mentioned it a few times now, it is this wild and weird scene, maybe to me one of the strangest in Jesus' life. There's a lot going on. Uh, it starts normal enough when Jesus goes to the top of the mountain to pray with a few of his disciples. He's He's been known to do this now, and he goes up there with Peter, James, and John, his three closest friends. Uh, but it's while he's up there praying that some weird things start to happen. It's totally out of the ordinary. First, his face changes, and we don't know what that means or what he began to look like, just that he looked different. And then it's his clothes. They became as white and as bright as a flash of lightning. That was out of the ordinary. Eventually, a cloud will descend. His glory will shine forth, whatever that means too. And then, of course, there are these two men who just appear out of nowhere, Moses and Elijah. And they've been long gone for this point by, by hundreds of years. And yet there they are, standing with, with Jesus. It's, it's a strange scene. And, and lots of people have lots of opinions on what's going on. And, and there are lots of different viewpoints on what each of these signs and symbols mean. But there's one thing that everyone kind of universally agrees on. And it's that God the Father is trying to send a message. That this man standing before Peter, James, and John, that he was no mere man, that he wasn't just their teacher or rabbi or leader, but this was God in the flesh. Between the changing of the face and the the bright white clothes and the cloud that descends, which has always been a sign of God's presence. And, and these heroes of the faith who are there to, to give their stamp of approval, God is sending a message. This person in front of you is no mere person. This is the, the creator of the universe, the one who holds the stars in the sky. This is God in the flesh before you. And what's always kind of strange to me, and, and maybe it shouldn't be strange, is uh, the, the reaction of the disciples at first. Did you hear what happened? They they almost slept right through it. I mean, can you imagine if they had? Uh, would have made for an interesting story, but, but they didn't. Eventually, they wake up, and at that point, Peter sees what's going on, and as he's known to do, he pipes in, and he has this great idea that he's going to capture the moment, this mountaintop experience. Now, if it were us, we'd just pull out our phones and record a little bit of it or snap some pictures so we could go watch it later. Peter can't do that. So he has the idea, in order to soak this in and, and take it with him, he wants it to last. And so he says, all right, Jesus, how about we build a couple of tents here? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, and we can all hang out up here and, and bask in your glory, really soak it in. He doesn't want to let it go. But it's, it's just then, in the midst of his loud, loud and noisy voice, that God the Father breaks in. And he has something else to say. 
And that's when he says that line, this, Jesus, is my son, the chosen one. Listen to him. Uh, I, I think as, as, as much as we needed to hear it today, Peter, James, and John needed to hear that message too. Their, their, their world wasn't quite as loud and noisy as ours is. Uh, they didn't have the TVs and the phones and the laptops and all of these voices, but it was still a, a loud and noisy place. And, and so Jesus, or God the Father, needs them to know that, that they need to listen to Jesus and not all of the other voices. He doesn't say to them, why don't you try listening to the voice of the Pharisees with all of their wisdom and their command of the law? No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, why don't you keep talking, Peter? (laughs) You've got a lot of good things to say. Why don't you try listening to yourself for a while? He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, why don't you take the advice of your well-intentioned friends? Nope. And he doesn't tell them uh, that they should listen to the praise and, and adoration of their future followers of the people to come who would call them pastor or bishop. No, he says, listen to Jesus. I think we need that reminder sometimes too. With all of the voices coming at us, with all of the information that's out there, we need to remember these words of the Father. This is my Son, the Chosen One. Listen to Him. Now, I don't think this means, I'm pretty sure God wasn't saying that we all need to move from here into a monastery or a cloister and put on noise-canceling headphones and turn off our TVs and delete our Facebook accounts and never watch the news again. That's, that's not what God is saying. It's, it's not that we can't take the advice of well-intentioned friends. I think what God the Father is saying is, is that we need to listen to the voice of Jesus over and above every other voice because his is the voice that comes with power and authority unlike any other voice. Uh, his is the voice that will tell us things that we simply don't hear anywhere else. From Jesus, we will hear truth in its most truthful and beauty in its most beautiful and love in all of its fullness. It's the voice of Jesus which judges and stands over every other voice. And so God says, and he makes it clear, listen to him. So let me ask you, and this is a question for myself as much as anyone else, let me ask you something each of us needs to consider, and and that is, have you been listening? Have you been giving Jesus, your time and attention? Have you tried to focus out all of those other conversations to listen intensely to what he has to say? Have you made reading the Bible a priority in your life? Is it something that you take the time to do? Do you study the scriptures to see truth in all of its truthfulness and beauty in its most beautiful are you, are you letting that word of Jesus and what he has to say to you and about you and for you, are you letting that word shape you and mold you and form you or are you letting Fox News or CNN or Facebook do that for you? Are you listening to the voice of Jesus? I, I think all too often, again, myself included, we tend to close our ears to what Jesus has to say or we don't give him the time and attention he deserves for a lot of reasons, I suppose, but part of it is that that. Sometimes what Jesus says is kind of hard to hear. (laughs) He challenges us to do things and believe things and think things and say things that normally we would rather never choose or want to do. He he convicts us in much of what he has to say. It's like he shines a light into our lives that illuminates the dark things that we would rather no one else see. He holds up a mirror and forces us to take a look at all of our our warts and our failings. What what Jesus says, uh, sometimes his words cut deep and I think we all know that sometimes they're just downright confusing. <laughs> but God the Father knows that, that Jesus has things to say to us we need to hear, things so beautiful 
we could barely imagine. What's really interesting about this transfiguration mountaintop experience is, is that everywhere you turn from the top of that mountain, Jesus has been saying this one singular message. It's like there's a track that's stuck on repeat that Jesus just keeps saying over and over and over again. And, and Jesus talks about this one thing before the transfiguration, during the transfiguration, and then right after the transfiguration. It starts in chapter 9, verse 21, where Jesus, for the first time, tells his disciples that he must be killed and that th- then he will rise again. He's talking about a, a cross and a tomb. But then it happens again in our reading just a a few verses later in verse 31 when he's on the mountain talking with Moses and Elijah and they're they're speaking about his departure. Again, talking about the, the cross and the tomb. And then it happens again in verse 44, just a few verses after our reading for today, where, where Jesus almost shouts it at the people and he says, Listen to what I have to tell you. The Son of Man must be betrayed and be handed over into the hands of men. Again, he's talking about that cross. And the tomb. See, I believe that that's why God the Father wants us to listen so intensely to Jesus because it's only from Jesus that we will hear about that amazing cross. We get a lot of messages throughout the day. We are told so many things, but it's only from Jesus, from that cross and from that tomb. Do we, do we hear a message of grace that sounds too good to be true? But it is. It's only from Jesus, from, from the cross that he would die on and, and from the tomb that he would spring forth from, do we, do we hear about a forgiveness that we never thought would come to people like us after what we've done and yet, and yet it is. It's only from Jesus, from that cross and from that tomb, do we see love in all of its fullness, love that we have longed for, love that our hearts ache for. Jesus tells us that it's for you and he shouts it from that cross yells it from the tomb. We live in an awfully noisy world. So many messages. It's hard to know what to believe or or who to listen to or even which conversations are worth having. So praise God that he has shouted over all that other noise and he's done it through Jesus. What a message he has to say. Listen to him. In Jesus' name. Amen.